Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yes, the sun is shining. It's June 2021. I know, madness that we've got here, isn't it? I know, completely mad. Um, so in terms of weight loss plans, only two stone to go from my one stone lose, lose a stone plan for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Working progress, Law. Working progress. Absolutely. As so much is at the moment. What a learning curve. So we thought, wouldn't it be fantastic in June? to celebrate along with Pride Month. So where May was Mental Health Awareness Month, June is all about to be different is to be human. So Debs, in terms of our conversation in this week's episode, so why is working well with different people so important right now and for the future in the world of work? Mm. So for me, it's always about opportunities um, because differences exist in so many different varieties, you know, culturally, uh, lingually, if that's the right word, I can never say that, politically, religious, personality, gender, values, and so many more. And that actually they're all opportunities to, to learn and understand and find a better, bigger way of working together. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges about this continually evolving workplace and this continuous learning is, yes, of course, it's energising and of course it's good for personal growth and a team to be able to grow together and um, and develop and open up new opportunities, etc. But it does cause a challenge of, I don't quite know what, what I need to be learning until you maybe have a scenario where you bump into um, a bit of feedback that someone might give you and you think, God, I didn't even know that I had said something that potentially means that I would be considered to be not inclusive, which would never be my intention. I mean, I know a, a client friend and I, we each bought each other the same notebook, which has said, these are things that I know I shouldn't say out loud, you know, because two of us were quite known for, in the pursuit of wanting to make people laugh and to make people feel at ease, actually, without realising, you might have had a, a, you know, a throwaway comment or joke that actually meant someone else in the room didn't find it very funny and felt completely excluded in that moment, which never would have been the intention. But what's your experience that you see in all your client work in terms of of where things can sometimes take an unintended turn. Yes, definitely. And it's you mentioned it there, the lovely F word, as we call it. And the minute anybody says, I'm going to give you some feedback, everybody goes into this manic panic. Oh my God, what are they going to say? We automatically assume that we're going to be told something that we're rubbish at um, or we could be better at or something like that. Now, there is a place for that. But the minute we say, oh, I'd like to give you some feedback... Everybody goes on the defensive around it. They close their ears, don't want to hear it. So actually part of what we have to help people understand is that feedback is a gift. And we've said that a million and one times on, on various workshops, Law. And it's it's up to you whether, you whether you choose to accept it and unwrap it and do something with it or not. And it comes back to that bit that says, I'm going to share something with you that I've observed and I've noticed and it's had an impact on me. And this is what I would like you to consider doing differently or doing more of or doing less of. And we talk about that in a way that enables people to just learn 
more. And I know, um, you know, we've, we've mentioned about the, the Jahari's window, about how can we widen our blind spot, if you like, to things that we're not we're unaware of. And it can only be given through the F word or feedback, as it gets called. Um, but actually, for me, it should always form part of the conversation. And it requires a bit of courage, bucket loads of trust. You know, if it's an ongoing um, either friendship or working relationship, to have that trust that actually I've got to say something, but I really don't want this to get between us. If anything, it enables us to be even more comfortable in the future. And that Jahari window, I think, is a lovely bit of kit. I mean, it must originate back from the 1970s. I think it yeah, came I from think the whole Californian free spirit yeah, kind of movement. Joe and Harry, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the Jahari window basically is this kind of four boxes, as a lot of these things are. And it's around the idea of they're the things that I know and the things that you know. They're, and that's our free open space. So uh, we all we both would know that we don't want to knowingly upset anyone in the conversations we have. But then there are things that we don't know about ourselves or the things that we don't know about the others. And you don't then have um, insight into that until you either seek feedback, which was, I was a bit unsure about how I handled that scenario on this morning's session. What were your thoughts on it? Which, you know, you've got to be prepared to have a response back if you think that there was something where you think, oh, I'm not quite sure how that landed. Um, and uh, Or someone has the kahunas, basically, to say... I've got to have a conversation with you because there was something that happened on the previous session that didn't sit comfortably. Can we have a chat? And um, it wasn't until a dear friend of mine gave me feedback from her perspective as an autistic person with audio sensory processing um, uh, uh, requirements that I had any idea that I would need to be thinking in a slightly different way than just telling people verbal instruction, she actually would not be able to make eye contact at the same time. She would need to see it written in chat form as well for her to be able to process that. I wouldn't have had a clue about that. And so what I think is really interesting about even in the virtual world is how we still may need to provide a ramp to ensure people can have equal access and opportunity to that information. So where we might not need to have a physical ramp into a physical room anymore is the equivalent of what additional needs do you have? You know, how can we then accommodate so you feel as comfortable as everyone else does in that learning environment? So it's been a real eye-opener and I just would not have known that. I was horrified to, to realise how small-minded I'd been, really. Not, not through any intention, but, you know, I just hadn't got an idea that that might be something that someone else might find a challenge. Not everyone likes to just listen to people talk yeah. <laughs> as a way of getting information. They need to read it as well. Yeah, exactly. And that, that sort of reminds me of the uh, Maya Angelou quote. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And it's that bit, as you said, that conversation, you obviously made her feel something but she, as you said, she had the ability to just share with you in a very non-confrontational way, more of an opportunity for you to learn because we, we are always learning, right? If we have that open mind and we have that willingness to want to know and embrace that difference. And for me, that's what, you know, the F word feedback is all about. Have you an open mind enough to actually look at it from somebody else's map of the world? Or are you somebody that always has to be right? You always have this need to be right. You, you know, you, you actually have to think, actually, your opinion is not the only opinion around here. And that you may not be right all of the time, but that's okay. 
And if you can let go of that, I always call it your ego, really. But if you can then adapt and think about it from a curiosity point of view, that actually we everybody's going to be different to you. So if you can ask some questions and explore it and be curious, um, then just take, if you like, to assume that you're going to learn something from everybody that you interact with. And how blooming brilliant is that? I'm going to learn more. So therefore, I'm going to widen, if you like, my breadth and depth and knowledge of understanding, which then creates a a, better win-win situation. And you're not as narrow-minded or you're not thinking just one way or with your own particular lens on it. There are other lenses to look through. It is interesting, though, Debs, because we could have been having this conversation 20, 30 years ago. The particular challenge we have right now, where I've just listened to you say about how, um, you know, our map of the world is that when a government has told you to stay put, (laughs) work from home if possible, do not travel across borders. We even have red, amber, green lists in terms of travelling around the world. What does that then mean? Your visual world becomes smaller and smaller. And what that tends to bring then is less and less accidental interaction with people who might, from a serendipity point of view, bring difference into your life. So I think what's really interesting for anyone here who's looking for remote working sort of for the foreseeable is, what can I do to prompt um, diversity into my life? Because if I'm not careful, I'm just interacting with the same 10 people day in, day out, who are potentially going to get more and more um, confirmation bias, I think is the bias that's used, um, which is means we're all just going to keep sort of telling each other the same news, nodding along, going, I agree, I agree. And yeah. that's very easy in the short run. But from a long run point of view, that's panda territory, that is. This idea of from a Darwin point of view, what enables um, people or organisations or animals or any kind of thing that is a living thing to be to thrive through times of rapid change is survival of the fittest, which is, and, and, and for me, there are two icons in the animal kingdom. You've got pandas, who on the one side, life is quite comfortable in the short term, but they're sitting there doing the same thing day in, day out. They cannot handle any diversity in their diet. What that means is, is if one day the bamboo runs out, change is suddenly very stressful. And because they have a very small life, they reach for the food, they don't run for their food. They've got no peripheral vision in terms of what's going on in that wider territory. Whereas a fox can turn its hand to anything. It can forage one night, it can hunt the next. It has a much broader landscape because it runs for its food or it finds its food. So it just means that it might not be easier in the short term to actively encourage diversity into your day-to-day radar. But long-term, God, that keeps you fitter because it then means you're then just much more capable to be able to handle change because you can handle any type of people, you can interact with different types of people and, and um, you know, you're then from a, a, a rapid change point of view much more set up for an evolving future. Yeah, definitely. Because there's one thing for sure, by the time we get to 2030, so if anyone's listening, planning to still be in the world of work within the next eight years, we're going to see even more diversity coming in, just even from an age point of view. We're going to see more and more grandchild, grandparent working working together. So that ability to be able to handle and work well with different people from all sorts of different backgrounds is going to be a useful skill. Massively. And I think that, you know, if you do only, if you like, limit your relationships to um, in your business or, you know, to people who are just like you, then that potential for your business is going to be really limited. You know, you're not going to be the employee of choice. You're not going to be the person that everybody wants to join and come along and work in your team. Um, So I think we, you know, we all have this um, ability 
and is whether we have the desire, um, but this ability to learn to understand and capitalise that people um, are are different. You know what they bring. Figuring out, I think what um, what what each person is really good at. What are their strengths? Because you know you've heard me speak about this before, and I do it a lot in coaching with people. Is getting people to think about. What are your unique set of strengths? Because, you know, that's what makes you different. That's what you bring into the mix. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's so important to recognise that you have a part to play. You can contribute that idea, have that voice, you know, and if you're a, you know, a manager listening into this, create that space where people can speak and communicate their ideas. Just because it's not the same as yours doesn't mean it's any bigger, better, different, lesser. It's just different. So therefore, if you can embrace that and create that space where people can learn and that, you know, that it's good to encourage difference, then, you know, you're going to be the company or the team that people want to be part of because you're, you're enabling people to create the right atmosphere, I suppose. But then you're also enabling people to thrive and learn from each other, which is what we, we which is what we want to do, right? This might be something everyone knows, but I loved it when someone described to me what diversity and inclusion, the sort of slight difference to it. So diversity is where you invite everyone to the party. But inclusion is where you make sure there's food and music that everyone can get involved in. Because we can all be invited along to something and just sit there feeling completely out of place and completely sort of treated differently. Um, and so that you might have a diverse kind of open door sort of policy in terms of everyone is kind of invited in. But do they feel welcome? That's the main thing. And so what trends have you seen in the world of learning and development and HR around this topic um, that just might be some food for thought regardless you know, regardless of the situation that anyone is personally in right now, what are some of the trends and themes you're seeing? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually, Laura. And I think that that whole bit around how do you ensure you have inclusive learning so that you're you're not just doing one size fits all. Let's just shove everybody in a room, but actually actually asking questions, being able to explore with people, you know, what how do you like to learn? You know, that's a great question that we've always asked in, you know, what's important for you to know? How do you like to learn? What do you want from us? We never, ever assume, and I know you do this as well as some of the other team, we never assume that we are the people that know the best, never in a million years. And I think that for me has made us stand out because we don't assume we know what you want. We always ask you, what do you want? Yes, we have a structure unless we have um, a process and a programme we're going to run through. But you know that as part of that setup, that working agreement that we always do, it's always inclusive. We don't just say this is how it's going to be. We get the group involved in discussing it and then debating it and then having those healthy conversations that enable us to listen in to what a word might mean to somebody else. It may not mean the same to me. So this ability to create that safe space, as I always call it, that enables people to just have those great conversations and go, oh, my goodness, that's such a different viewpoint, you know, from what I had. That's really interesting. Tell me more. So it opens up the conversation and enables you to explore through great questions and that open questions, if you like, to be able to get underneath, you know, underneath what's going on for somebody so you can learn more. And then your whole perception and assumptions will just be pushed aside because you're gleaning knowledge that you may never have known before. And I think that's what we do. 
too right. But I mean, that's definitely a trend I've then seen. But the thing is, Debs, is it takes time. You have to bother and you have to want to invest the first eight minutes of a 90 minute session. You know, when you're already pressed for time, so you want to get stuff done. But my God, the dividends are worth it. Because if you're just going to go same, same, then you might as well just have a pre-recorded webinar or go and Google. I mean, yeah. I, I know for the last couple of years before we went into remote world, my little catchphrase at the start of every session was, let's go beyond Google. How do you like to work, learn? Because if you're all just sitting there nodding along, looking at the same slides, then what is the point of being there and fully engaging your brain? Because to be harsh, looking at old stuff that's happened before and looking for patterns to repeat them better is what machines do. That is machine learning. The reason why artificial intelligence, genuine artificial intelligence, thinking of something that's not been done before is incredibly difficult to artificially create because it's our carbon-based brains that enable us to spark these ideas. But if all we're doing is sitting around non along, surrounded by the same people that are just churning out the same stuff that you believe in, then that's what the machines are doing. You know, the ability to spark and create a brand new way of looking at something not only is exciting because us humans like new shiny things, it's also much more um, evolutionary sensible because it means you're just widening out your net of being able to kind of work with different types Mm. of people. Yeah, and I think you're so right, Law. As you said, taking that time up front to understand, you know, seek to understand to be understood, right? That's from Covey, okay? You know, how long has, you know, his his stuff been around, the seven habits of highly affected people? 1993, I think that book came out. Was it really? Yeah, what a, a, a seminal book that was. So much refers to that since. And I think that seek to understand first, you know, get to know your people, understand the differences, then, you know, and being able to adapt and flex, I think, which goes back to your foxy mindset, you know, that you know, the, the quicker you can adapt and flex either, in a coaching conversation or in a Zoom workshop that we've been doing or actually face-to-face, which I did last week, you know, that ability to just flex and 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 not and just let go because you're not always right. You've got to be able to flex with what's in the room and what people need. And if they, you know, if they need a break and you haven't got through slide 24, then give them a break. Don't just keep going on and going on because there's nothing worse than that. I'm not a good learner when it's like that. Um, So again, it's like I've learned from experience. So what do you want? I'll ask you the questions because the more I can ask you with our lovely question triangle, which is like my legacy to the world would be this. If I can ask you the what and how question, um, which is about getting your thoughts out, it's getting your feelings out, your ideas and your opinion, then I'm just going to ask you that question. What do you think about that law? You're going to tell me and I'm going, oh, that's different. Tell me more. So that expands my understanding and knowledge and learning, which is what we want to create for other people. I always found it really interesting when you talked about the question, why? So just refresh us on why we might need to tread with caution with the why question, particularly when working with different types of people. If we're only ever asking or starting a question of with why, why, you know, why have you done that? Why haven't you done that? Why did you think that way? What you're actually doing in that moment you ask why is challenging somebody's values, their beliefs and their identity as a human. So you will always get a response back um, if you haven't got that relationship with them, uh, one of defensive or an answer that they think you want to hear which isn't the answer you want anyway. So if you always go in with why have you not, why, 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 um, you know, you're going to get the answer you don't want. And then it shuts the conversation down. Whereas if you reframe that question 
to start with a what or a how or a tell me what that means to you um, or help me understand what that means to you, then you just again expanded that conversation so you can learn. Yeah, love it. I, I, I learned that as well when, uh, uh, you know, chatting with friends, when you kind of rather than say, why are you with him? Yeah. <laughs> Which actually gets someone to dig their heels in even more. Go, yeah. So what is it you really enjoy about that relationship with him? Exactly. <laughs> and boy, that brings out a different sort of set of information that you can yeah. then actually, you know, have a sort of a proper chat about. But that was a real eye opener that was for me. So listen, we called this one the F word, working well with different types of people. So... Let's say, Debs, because I think people always value, I certainly do anyway, a practical demonstration. Let's say through sheer accident, I uh, said something inappropriate <laughs> on one of our sessions that we co-deliver. Um, what would be a way that you would approach me? So ha- let's say we'd, it wasn't so bad that it all kind of ended, but there was something a little bit uncomfortable that happened a little bit uncomfortable, afterwards. Okay. Just role model through me. So anyone else who's thinking, but how do you actually have these conversations if you spot something? How do you give feedback? So what would be your kind of steps in your head leading up to then having that conversation with me? So we always would, I would always say with, say what I've seen. So actually, what was the action that you took or what did I observe? So it would be, you know, Law, I just need to have a conversation with you. It won't take long around something I observed you did in that room. Are you okay with that? And you would always go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Lord, what I noticed was when you said X to that person, that the impact it had on them was not what I know you wouldn't want to happen. So my encouragement for you to consider for next time would be to think about the audience that you're delivering it to. Yeah, nice. And, you, you, you know, it would be one of those scenarios where... Um, both people, both you and I, would just want that conversation to be dealt with Absolutely. as smoothly and quickly as possible because it just, again, would have been those little kind of slips because it's a learning thing. And it goes back to your Jahari window. If nobody tells you or observes you doing it or tells you, don't, you'll just crack on and do it again and again and you'll wonder why you're getting less work or less people wanting to be on one of your workshops. Not that that's possible, Law, but, you know, you'll go, well, what's wrong with me? What's happening? Oh, it must be them. Well, actually, no, it's you. But if nobody has the kahunas, as you said, to to say, actually, what I observed was this. My encouragement to you would be X, Y, Z. How do you feel about that? You know, so you could take it into a coaching approach. Um, you know, then you'll you'll learn from it. Right. And you won't do it again. Yeah. And that phrase, consider your audience, nicely put. I think that's a really neat way of handling it. Because certainly what I've seen is a little bit like health and safety. Those two words together tend to make people go, oh, when they see a health and safety workshop, you know, which I love. They're my favourite ones to run. Switch the words around to safety and health and everyone turns up because it's just yeah. those two words together that seems to yeah. go, oh, a little bit of that with D&I. It's a diversity and inclusion workshop. Oh, God. I mean, whenever we ran those and they were like a bit within a day long course, people would then sort of say oh yeah I saw that bit was in the middle I was going to swerve it but actually you managed to kind of keep them in the room and and it's one of the most like with health and safety one of the most vibrant fascinating discussion-based sessions you can run but there's something about those two words diversity and inclusion which is so easy to switch people off because they think they're going to be preached at and actually I think the overall intent that we've got from this episode is to be different is to be human it's about working well with different type of people if you only ever work with people that are exactly like you you're going to end up with the exact same results 
themselves. And never before in the history of the modern CV have we seen so much rapid change happening. This is more change that we've seen in terms of the world of work since since the world wars. So this is not a time to be sitting there like a panda, thinking, well, I'll always do the same thing and I'll always ask the same three people and I'll only ever work with these types of people. You better hope that that whole in one decision you've made is <laughs> going to never, ever change in the future. It's just commercially useful as well as, you know, the right thing to do to be able to work well with different types of people. So, and, and with that line, rather than the two of us just telling each other how good we are over the next episodes, that's why we love having guests, isn't it? Because it, it means that we can learn and have a different sort of change of scenery. So, um, so looking forward to the next couple of weeks where we have um, two or three guests who are going to join us who are just going to help unlock some of this fascinating world of working well with different types of people from a language point of view, as you said right at the start. What does it mean in terms of working with people that have um, a different brain type from us? So encouraging neurodivergency and all the wonders that can happen through that. And then what does that mean in terms of um, how we embrace that difference and not just sort of put up with it, but actively benefit from working with different. So I'm so looking forward to these ones because I think the world really needs you know, a, 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 a easier discussion around this because it's very easy for it to suddenly get divisive and a little bit of a scary topic. And then so we just leave it alone, which then doesn't actually, you know, enable us to lean in and learn. Yeah. And that bit about, you know, with positive intent, you know, inviting and engaging people into those discussions, healthy debate, um, where you can exchange ideas, you know, there's no judgment in it. It's just using the questions to get the discussion going so that you can, as we said, you know, you can seek to understand. And yeah, that's what's going to make the biggest difference. If that's all it is, I always say, embrace difference because it's all around us. And it's how can we do that and find, you know, what the common purpose is. So, Debs, as ever, yes. the difference between wishful thinking and coaching is some kind of action. So it's Absolutely. all very well sitting here thinking, oh, I must really think about working well <laughs> with different types of people. What would your call to action be? And then I'll end on a share the secret. Cool. So my call to action would be to um, keep in mind that you can in your conscious mind, um, that you can actually learn something from everyone. Um, and if you can be that good listener and if you can think about what is it you're finding out, um, because I think that's what it's all about. As we said, you know, people bring some amazing qualities and skills and, and gifts, if you like. There are so many different personalities out there. And, you know, if you can actually tap into that and get from that some knowledge and experience, um, because you've got so many ample opportunities to learn. Um, and who doesn't need to continue to learn, right? Um, and my final bit would be in terms of share the secret. So think of someone whom you know just has a very different map of the world to you. Connect with them. Maybe this episode is the one that you kind of use as a connecting way and just say, do you know what? You and I haven't caught up with for a while. I th- imagine you've had a bit of a different set of experiences than I have had through all of this. Let's book in half an hour just to catch up. And you never know, you might have your mind blown by just thinking about things differently, by purposely and intentionally going out and finding someone who you know has a different worldview from yourself. Because if you learn more about their map of the world, you've got a greater perspective over that whole landscape. And what a wonderful way to start the month of June 
So, Devs, wow, what a great conversation. Thank you so much. So, keep foxy. That's my four-letter word beginning with I love with that. <laughs> yeah, your F word. <laughs> but above all, stay human, because you're the only you. I'm the only me. Can't wait to have our variety of guests um, over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, love you lots. See you next love week. Love you all. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram at secretsfromacoach.com.